morning, the title, the title of my sermon tonight is, What Do We Smell Like? What do, you know, if you're close to a neighbor right now, just, just lean over a little bit and do the smell test. Any of the guys ever do that or girls do that? They see a good looking guy or come in, they want to see how they smell before they get to him. That happens. It does. This sermon tonight takes me back a few years. I feel like I'm back in the youth room again. Good to see all the youth here tonight and excited for them to be here. Man, this is, this is the perfect night. I got the sermon for you. It's going to be, how do, you know, you can ask your neighbor all day tomorrow, how do you smell? It won't be so awkward. That's what the preacher said, so I'm just asking, what do we smell like? I want to preach for just a little bit. I believe that being a Christian is the life of victory. I believe Christian living should be the life of victory. If you're not walking in victory, you need to be. You need to be walking in victory for your own good. How many likes to be on a losing team? I don't. I don't. I do whatever I do. You know, Ferris is um, my sister. She has cerebral palsy. She likes to play Uno. And when you play Uno with Ferris, she lays all the cards out flat on the table so she can see them. And then when you see the red in the pile, then she'll get one of her red ones. She'll put it on there. If I can cheat her, I'm going to. I am not going to let her beat me. Right? No, I don't cheat her, but I get aggravated when she does win. I'm like, how can she win at this? It's a game of chance, and we understand that. But no one likes to lose. I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose at all. If you're playing Masterpiece, the board game, you want to be on my team. I don't lose at that game. I can bluff with the best of them. As far as buying them things, I can, I can trick Cardin into buying everything. That's not worth anything. If it's Mad Gab, how many ever played Mad Gab? Okay, that's one where they, they put a lot of words together and you just say and it doesn't sound like a real word. Shelly's awesome at that. She, like, speaks some foreign language when it comes out. You'll read this big, long sentence. You're like, I don't even know what it said. And she'll just quote her off what it is. You're like, your mind is warped. Something is wrong for her to understand that. Years ago, Shelly and I was playing tennis. We'd do it quite often. We'd play doubles with my brother and my sister. And uh, we, when we'd play, we were, I remember we were in Illinois. And uh, we were getting the best of them. We were doing better than they were that day. And my brother's getting mad at my sister. And he said, Farrell... He said, you got to try harder. You got to do this. You got to do that. And he was just really wearing her out. And she says, Wyatt, I play for fun. And Wyatt said, well, is losing fun? Step up your game. I'm with him. Losing is not fun. Coaching baseball, I have, I've, if I've had one parent, I've had dozens of parents tell me, you know, winning's not everything about baseball. And I'm like, who, where do you come from? If you teach the game right, if you play the game right, you're going to win a whole lot more than you lose. It is about winning. That's why we play the game. I'm sorry. If you want to win at Connect Four, you need to play Taylor. Taylor is terrible at Connect Four. Ferris beats Taylor on a regular basis at Connect Four. 
Somehow he can't see that she's fixed to get four checkers in a row. Guess what? God made us all winners. He did. He made us all winners. Jesus made us winners when he went to the cross for our sins. But he did it for a reason. Verse 15 says, we are to be, to be a sweet savor. The word savor means smell or fragrance. What do you smell like is my sermon title. That's why I'm talking about what do we smell like? Are we that sweet savor? Are we that sweet fragrance that God wants us to be? Or are we just stinking it up? This is not a short sermon, so you need to get in quick with it. Amen and a whole lot. And then just like, boom, and it'll be, it'll be done just like that. I know raising three boys, Shelly and I have smelled a lot of funky smells. A lot of funky smells. I'm just telling you, sometimes I open that milk carton, and there's an aroma that comes out of it that's not from me. How many times have you gone into bed, or you're getting ready for bed, and you've gone in for a midnight snack? I always call it midnight snack, but it doesn't happen that late. And you're getting that bowl of cereal, you get that cereal poured, and you get the milk out, and just as soon as you open it, you can smell it. it's bad. That is so disappointing. That bowl of cereal before you go to, you know, if I miss out on a bowl of cereal in a couple nights, then Carden comes and says, Dad, you're not eating cereal tonight? It's become a habit. You eat a bowl of cereal, but I can't do it with that bad, bad smell on milk. It'll burn the hair on your nose if you're not careful. Sometimes I open the orange juice, and orange juice, when it goes bad, man, it smells. It has a strange smell. I'm a smeller. If it doesn't smell good, I don't want anything to do with it. I won't eat it. I won't drink it. It's not going to happen, as my boys would say. I'm going to have to give you a great big no on that dog. <laughs> not going to happen. My parents are notorious for tasting something out of the refrigerator, and then they're like, Try this. This, this tastes good. Jan, would you try this? Carmen, would you try it? I'm like, if there's any question, throw it out. I'm not interested in penicillin and off my cheese or whatever. That's what they always tell me. Well, that's just penicillin. That's, no, I don't want her off the bread. I don't know. It's something like that. Just say no. Just say no. No means no. I'm not going to try it. But I wanna, what I want to really talk to you about tonight is it's asking the question, are we sweet-smelling savor for God? In the Greek, savor means odor or fragrance. The first thing I want to talk about is that we're to smell good spiritually to the unsaved. To the unsaved. Christians should be letting off a smell. All the boys are giggling on the inside. We should be letting off a smell of Jesus this is called witnessing. We should be having such a fragrance of God about us that people see us and know that we're different. And when we speak, our speech is different. Our attitude is different. There's a glow about us being a Christian. You know, and, and that has nothing to do with where you work or what you're doing because I've seen some of the dirtiest guys working hard, sweating, getting dirt all over them. But when you looked in their eyes, you realized there's something, something going on. And it used to take me a while to figure it out. I don't know why it would, but it would take me a while for you. I think they're a Christian. I tell Shelly, I said, I think so-and-so is a Christian. She goes, why? And I said, I don't know. I said, every time I'm around him, I just feel that. Right? That's the way it should be. We should be witnessing. Our life should be a witness. What verse 15 is referring to, what the cross has done in us, people should be able to see God in us. 
They should feel God in us. That we become a sweet savor to God. What do we smell like? People around us have only smelled the things of the world. The smell of sin. The look of sin. They understand what that is. But people are hungry for the things of God. And sometimes whether they know it or not. They are. People are looking for love. They look for it in a man or a woman. They look for it in food. They look for it in all sorts of different things. When Christ is the one that's going to satisfy in their heart. They look to drugs. They look to alcohol. They look to all sorts of different things. It's because mankind has a longing. God, God did something on the inside of us that we need to know our creator. We need to have that love, that fellowship with that creator. And he put that on the inside of us. So we search for different things. And we have that desire for something different. And so we keep going, going. If it's a drug addict, they have to go deeper and deeper into it. If it's an alcoholic, they got to drink more and more. If it's a sex addict, they got to have more and more. That's the way it happens. It's not being satisfied. They're not being satisfied. So they feel like they have to go deeper and deeper into their situation that they're in. They're searching in the wrong areas of life that will never satisfy. Jesus is the one. Drugs, relationship, illicit sex, money, and alcohol. They're looking to it to satisfy their hunger for the one that loves them. They want something to work for their lives. They want to find the truth. And we're supposed to be that sweet fragrance of God that everyone is searching for. Listen to what Acts says about Peter and John. You all know the story of Acts 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. You get the story here. There's a beggar here at the temple gate. He's asking for money. And, uh, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have it. I don't have it. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. That's a miracle right there. I love reading that. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They were doing the signs and the wonders that follow the believers. They were doing the things that Jesus said that they would be doing. And later, this is what's written down in Acts 4 and 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for the good deed done to the, a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. He was witnessing again. He was letting them know who healed him. It was Jesus. 
It was Jesus. We have to be that witness. We had to have that fragrance of God that lets people know there's something different. There is a better way of life than what they're doing and what they're searching for is we have. I used to say it in youth all the time about we have what people are searching for. They just don't know it because they want to do their own way. Well, all the other kids are doing this. They're going to dress this way. They're going to act this way. They're going to talk this way. Be different. Be different. Why do you think Lawrence wears green hair? He's different. He's not the Incredible Hulk. He's different. Do you know what? He can use that as a witnessing tool. People coming up, oh, that's Lawrence Brown. He's green hair. But everybody wants to be around him. Why? He's different. We need to be peculiar people. I have a bad habit of saying particular people. Peculiar people. Hallelujah. People don't always like the smell But our job is to share with others Jesus is Lord. He is the truth. He's the only way to happiness. He's also our soon coming king. Hallelujah. It's not an option. If we're full of Jesus, the fragrance of God comes out of us. Have you ever had someone that you really didn't know? I just asked this question a few minutes ago. You didn't know what it was, or maybe they asked this question of you. I had a gentleman one time, we were playing racquetball, and after we played racquetball for a while, he asked me, we knew each other kind of just through some other people, and he says, Drew, you're different. And I said, what do you mean? And uh, he was a good player, you know, and and we just kind of going back and forth beating each other. He said, no, you're different. He said, you're not what I thought I was. And I was like, what are you talking about? It wasn't long before I realized he didn't think I was a Christian until we got to talking and visiting, and then he realized I'm different from everybody else he meets. I'm different from everyone else that he plays racquetball with. I guess because I didn't cuss and swear and beat my racket on his head or whatever, then I... I'm guessing that's what it is. What do we smell like? What do we smell like? We also must have the sweet smell to the saved, to the Christian. Guess what? How do you know you're saved? Is it because you attend TFT? No. Is it because we sing worship songs or listen to preaching? No. John 13, 35 says, By this all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, the fragrance of love, the fragrance of love, is it, is it coming out of you? Is people seeing that in you? How do we treat other people at the church? Are we still giving off the fragrance of Jesus? Are we treating each other the way we're called to? Are we that fragrance of God? Young people, since you're here, I'm going to talk right to you. It's not an unusual thing. I'll talk right to you. I got, I got kids. When someone steals your best girlfriend or boyfriend, are we still sweet? Are we still living for Jesus? She's honest. Somebody lay hands on her and pray for her. We need to be that sweet savor. We need to be that sweet fragrance. When someone makes a mistake and when their personality conflicts with yours, are we still smelling good? Are we still acting right? Are we still doing right? Are we still being the example? Are we still witnessing with our life? Romans 12 and 4 says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Everybody get that? Paul says that the church is a body. Everyone is to be connected and related to each other. That's, I'm just putting it in Drew's terms. That sounds like family to me. 
That sounds like family to me. Sometimes family is the hardest people to love. They are. Some of the hardest things to teach when I was teaching baseball uh, on, on all these years was my own son. Because Andrew, he knows better. He's been taught at the house. He's been taught at the cages by me. And so when we get out with the team and he acts like he doesn't know what he's doing, I'm just ready to push him out in front of somebody. I don't, it's like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm learning to control my feelings towards him. He struck out a few weeks ago. And uh, after he struck out, it was a pitcher that he should be hitting the ball over the fence. I sat there on my bucket quietly. He come back in. I said, come here. Come here. I said, let me see your swing. He swung it again. I said, it's wrong, wrong, wrong. I don't know why you started doing this. Why did you, why did you do this over and over and over? I was trying to be so nice to him and let him see if you do that correctly. Do it this way. Do it correctly. The very next game, or the next at bat, First pitch, he hit a one-bouncer off the fence. I was like, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Do it right. But we, we have problems with family. We don't want to give them any leeway. And sometimes that even gets into the church and our church family. We don't have any. What's the word I'm looking for? I want to say leash, but tolerance. We don't have any tolerance for our church family sometimes. Can I just tell you, keep smelling good. Keep smelling good. Let's help each other. Let's care for one another. Let's love on each other. Let's have the sweet aroma of Jesus gushing out of us. 1 Corinthians 13.1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith... So that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Paul's telling us that love, love, love. He, he couldn't express it any better. I, I want to say this too today. Uh, we, Sister Teresa was here today and uh, she stepped out. And I didn't know if she had a word for the church or not. Afterwards, she told me, she said, Pastor, I had a word for the church tonight. I said, you know what, you're going to have to ring a bell. You're going to have to wave at me. You're going to do something if... If that's what God's called you to do, I said, just let me know. And uh, she said, oh, said, you said what God was having me to say. And I said, praise the Lord. I said, we're on the right track. Sometimes we get a confirmation. We're not even expected. And uh, today, that, that's what's happened. I don't know why that came to my mind, but I was just like, that was awesome. And I see the little things that God's doing. I'm like, wow, God, you're confirming different things that happen. Even in today's sermon, you confirmed it with somebody else. She told me, said, oh, you said what, what God told me to say. I was like, praise the Lord. I got a text immediately after church and someone told, give me a, another word of knowledge and said, Pastor, this is what God showed me and started going through some things. And what they said is back there on my computer right there. I'd already been working on another sermon with what they had said. And I was like, she doesn't even know. She doesn't even know, but God confirmed it again. Love. I don't know how I got off on that, but love, love. We do a lot of teasing in our house. Our family, we do a lot of teasing. Mom and dad, my sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins. It doesn't matter who it is. We do it on a regular basis. But guess what? Teasing can go too far. Sometimes teasing can be taken way too far. Teasing with sarcasm can just be interpreted as hateful. It does. We have to make sure 
that we're always being the fragrance of God, even with our family. Again, I'm talking about our, our personal family, but then also our church family. First John 3 and 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brothers abides in death. That's some strong word right there. If you, if you don't love your brothers, you abide in death. We need to understand that. Wow. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Well, pastor, I, I hate him, but I don't want him dead. That's not what the Bible says. They said if you hate him, you're a murderer. If you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him, excuse me, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Well, that's just too much to ask, Brother Andrew, just... Just to lay our lives down for, for somebody in the church. You know, would they do that same thing? We, tr we start trying to rationalize it. Would they do that for me? It doesn't matter. This is the word. But whosoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from in him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I mentioned this a long time ago. Somebody asked me, how does it, how, how and why are, is TFT getting involved with uh, ministries that not, maybe not here in the church or uh, that's feeding the hungry in Little Rock, that's doing different things? Why are we getting involved with different things like that? It's a simple thing. It's love. It's love. It's kingdom ministry. It's love. It's what we're supposed to be doing. A little later on, John says, in 1 John 4 and 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. It's all about, I could have named this, it's all about love. Instead I named it, what do we smell like? The question is, I'm getting ready to close, Shelly. The question is, is how do we become a sweet savor? How do we become that sweet fragrance? And stay that way. Because you know what? Sometimes we can be doing all the right thing. We, we can be that sweet fragrance to God, smelling good. And then all of a sudden, we smell like the worst smelling cheese you ever smelled in your life. Right? We can do that as human beings. But the way we become a sweet savior, Jesus must lord over our lives. We want Jesus to be our savior. Savior, forget savior and savor, all mixed up. We want Jesus to be our savior, but so many times we don't want Him to lord over our lives. We don't want Him to tell us what to do. We don't want to walk in the Spirit day by day and be led by Him. There's a difference in Jesus being savior and Jesus being lord. When Jesus is Lord, he is the supreme ruler. He's the controller. You think, well, this is just crazy talk, Drew. God, God saves us. Let's do whatever we want. I'm telling you, when he's Lord of your life, he's the supreme ruler. He's the controller of your life, the owner and master of our lives. I don't know how many wants to be a Christian. Let God tell you what to do. We must be a servant. 
Jesus gives us a great example. Willing to serve. We need to be willing to serve, help, and give of ourselves to others. Jesus was our example. He was a servant. Listen to this. He washed the disciples' feet. Even Judas. He is our Lord, and we are his servants, and there's not another way. For a Christian, there's not another way. That's the way it is. Buddhism, Islam, Catholicism, well, easy for me to say, or any other than Jesus, and him crucified, resurrected, and sitting on God's right hand, will lead you to hell. It's tough words, but it's the truth. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Give him permission to move by his spirit and power and flow through us. We can't live the Christian life, but the Holy Spirit can through us. <laughs> Hallelujah. You think, well, I can't do this. It's so hard. How do I live it for God every day or day by day? How do I do it? Let him fill you with his spirit. He lets us walk it out. Heard a lot of people one time I said something, uh, me and Sister Vanetta was talking, and I said something about, well, look at David. He, he did this, this, this. He, she goes, yeah, look at him. He didn't have the Holy Spirit walking with him either. I was like, whew, that's some wisdom right there. We have the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to walk through us, walk with us, and move through us, and help us walk out our everyday life. Here's the next thing. We need to be full of the Word. We need to be full of the Word. If you don't have a set time set aside to read the Word of God, you need one. Now, I know for years and years and years, I didn't have one. But when I started setting time aside, years ago, I started doing this. And when I did, I noticed something. I got hungrier. I got hungrier and hungrier for the Word of God. I wanted to be in that time. I, oh, man, I got to read the Bible. It was like... I get to read the Bible. I got, I got to see how that, I know how that story ends, but I want to read it again. I've been reading about David and Saul and how Saul's chasing around David and David's hiding out from him, keeps sneaking up on him, taking stuff from him, gets over across the ravine and yells at him, hey, Saul, look for your sword. I got it. It's over here. I love it. I love it. So many of these things we're seeing in the Word, but it'll transform your life. It'll transform your life. Read the Word. We have to read and act on the Word of God. We can't obey what we don't know. You can't obey what you don't know. I can't tell Cardin out here to go paint, a, go paint a car or go paint a house. He doesn't know how to do it. He can't do what he doesn't know. Read the Word. It'll lead you. It'll guide you. You'll know what to do. We've seen in the Scriptures that we are to be a sweet saver to the saved, to the unsaved. And then I showed you how to become sweet-smelling fragrance. Get into His Word. Let the Holy Spirit move into your heart. Would you stand with me? My last question is, how is the fragrance of your spiritual life? If people come up and met you, would they know you're a Christian? heard one guy said, no, I'm in the secret service. We're in the army of God. He goes, I'm in the secret service. Nobody knows I'm a Christian. That may be a problem. You're called to be a witness. You're called to be a witness. You're not, you're not supposed to be hiding your light. You're supposed to be shining your light. Father, I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you for these people. I thank you for your word. God, I ask you, Lord, tonight that the fragrance that we have, Lord, with 
It's, it's going to be with you. When people see our lives, when they read our lives, God, when we speak, when we act, they're going to realize there's a fragrance, there's an aroma of God in everything we do. I ask you, Lord, to move on each and every one of us tonight. God, let us be obedient to your spirit. Let us read your word more than ever before. I ask you, Lord, right now to touch and minister to each life that's here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you find your place to pray? Seal this word in your spirit. Let God know, God, I want to smell like you. I don't want to have a bad fragrance. I want to smell like you, Jesus. Hallelujah.